Hello and welcome to Creation.com Talk. I'm Gary Bates and I'm joined by my colleague here in the US office today, Keaton Halley. Mm. Hello, everyone. Now, Keaton and I and others in the ministry, but uh, in recent years, Keaton and I have been focusing more on the historical archaeological aspects of the Bible's history as a creation ministry, we deal with the Bible's history, particularly in the area of science, creation versus evolution. But uh, in recent years, uh, our research has led us, just as a ministry, to make lots of interesting discoveries about Egypt and Israel. And uh, and Keaton is kind of our Israel guy. And we're here today to talk about some new archaeological discoveries in Israel that affirm the Bible's uh, history. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about one of your favorite kings. You want to tell us who he is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's King Hezekiah, which we actually had a previous episode. Um, Dr. Robert Carter and I discussed my three-part article series where I wrote all about the just abundant evidence that's been excavated in Israel and elsewhere supporting the biblical account of who Hezekiah was, what he did, what he accomplished, and um, an attack by the Assyrians and how God... Um, saved Hezekiah from that attack. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're not too up on the Bible's history and all the kings of Judah and Israel, because there was quite a few of them, <laughs> uh, let's just set the groundwork for folks. Who was uh, King Hezekiah? So this is at a time in Israel when we call it the divided kingdom. Yeah. Okay. The country is split into two. Israel is in the north. Judah is in the south. And uh, Hezekiah is a king who is king of Judah, the southern regions. Um, he fought some battles, notably against the Assyrians that are not only well recorded in the biblical text, but actually by the Assyrians themselves. Yeah. And of course, he also battled with the Philistines or yeah. Philistines, depending where you come from, <laughs> uh, on occasions. And he, he was a king of Judah, so descended from King David. Yeah. Right through the um, end of the 8th century BC. So this is a, around the year 700. He actually lived through the time that the northern kingdom was destroyed. So he was in the south in Judah, but the kingdom of Israel was conquered by the Assyrians. And um, Hezekiah lived through that time period. That was 722 BC. And then the Assyrians came and attacked him in 701 BC. Yeah. And in the last podcast, we talked about some of the archaeology that we can see uh, on the tells or the hills of the cities that were built on these hills upon multiple layers of occupation, uh, the evidence is there where the Assyrians built siege ramps, etc. So in a previous podcast, um, if you're watching on creation.com or even on YouTube, you can uh, you can look at that one. Yeah, a bit get of all the details. But let's, let's read a bit of scripture in uh, 2 Kings 18 verse 5. Bible tells us about who Hezekiah was. Israel had a lot of kings. Some were good and some not so good. Yeah, Hezekiah, most, most were bad. <laughs> yeah, Hezekiah was one of the good ones. Yeah. And it says there, Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah, either before him or after him. Yeah. And it goes on in verse 6, for example, it says, uh, he held fast to the Lord and did not stop following him. That was one of the hallmarks, the traits uh, of Hezekiah's reign, yeah. um, etc., so today we're going to actually talk more about some new discoveries about King Hezekiah and uh, in the tunnel that he built. Uh, yeah. And the tunnel obviously has some relation to what we were talking about before, Assyria and Sennacherib, because the tunnel enabled Jerusalem to survive 
during uh, the time when uh, the Assyrians, King Sennacherib, were laying outside trying to kind of starve him out, something yeah. that uh, actually Sennacherib boasted about on one of his uh, stellars. But uh, let's get some context. Um, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, attacked in 701 BC, and the account is in Second Kings 18. Mm. Would you like to read yeah. those for us? Yeah, sure. Actually, the part um, we're going to read from Second Kings 20, verse 20, um, kind of a summary at the end of these chapters in Second Kings about Hezekiah. It says, The rest of the deeds of Hezekiah and all his might, and how he made the pool and the conduit and brought the water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? Um, so this reference to the, the conduit, that is a reference to Hezekiah's tunnel, oh. which you yourself have walked through, and I've been through it as well. This September when we go to Israel, our guests are going to get an opportunity to walk through Hezekiah's tunnel, which was dug under the city of David. Yeah. It's an amazing engineering project because uh, they started digging from two ends and they met perfectly, and I think I'd heard that, but then when I got into the tunnel, it does take quite a few de detours and yeah. twists and bends uh, and the water, it never gets more than about, you know, for me, I'm about six foot, about thigh deep, and uh, you can walk through there. They have made interesting discoveries uh, in there before. This is a tunnel underground through rock that carries water from the Gihon Springs uh, into Jerusalem. So they had a constant supply of water. They found previous inscriptions there. And in fact, when you walk through, they tell you, you know, have a look also. I think it's... Uh, probably about three quarters of the way through to try to have a look for it. But actually, they found another one. And this yeah. is what you're excited about. Yeah. So we're going to talk yeah. to people about it today. Tell us a bit more and about it. That older inscription has been known as the Siloam inscription. Mm -hmm. So the original copy was actually chiseled out of the rock there. It's now in Istanbul yeah. in a yeah. museum. But you can see the replica that they put there right at the end. And it describes how the workers dug from both ends, met in the middle, uh, which is just a, an amazing engineering you know, achievement that they were able to do that with basically pickaxes back then. Yeah. Um, and it goes for 1,700 feet, but only goes drops from the start to finish about one foot down. So just the water gradually meanders all the way underground yeah. to the pool of Siloam at the end, um, which is where Jesus healed the blind man, which is where you exit. Yes, the pool of Siloam, well known in the uh, in the New Testament. Um, we probably can talk a little bit more about some of the engineering aspects uh, later because they've actually found where there was a sluice gate as yes. well. To... Yes, so that's one of the new discoveries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so tell us about the first one because okay. there's a new inscription that's been found there, yeah. and why is this important in terms, you know, for us as Bible believers? Right. Well, what they found was just a, a fragmentary inscription with um, a few letters on it in um, very old Hebrew. It was found among some pottery that dates it to the 8th century BC, so the time of Hezekiah, uh, extremely ancient. Um, they were able to discern just a couple of words on this fragment. And the, and the letters are very large, so it's it's just a bit of stone, you know, maybe yay big. But they call it a monumental inscription, mm. meaning it came from a larger stone monument. So for a long time, scholars thought that the kings of Israel and Judah didn't actually make these big monuments with inscriptions describing their great deeds and things like that. Would but this, just this changed the thinking. But it'd also be fair to say, just on in a big picture sense, a lot of skeptics don't even believe believe that Hezekiah built that tunnel. Yeah, but, I mean, the consensus has largely been that he did, but there wasn't any explicit evidence. Like on the Siloam uh -huh. inscription that we mentioned, uh, prior to these new discoveries, 
that's all we had. And the Siloam inscription doesn't use the name of Hezekiah. It just talks about the workers. Yeah, and that's why this one's most exciting. Now. Yeah. Because what the inscription said, the two words are Hezekiah. It's missing the H at the beginning, but that's yeah. got to be who it's referring to, yeah. Hezekiah the king. And the other word is pool. So it's probably an inscription about this Siloam pool that he constructed. Mm. But they also realized there was another fragment they had found way back in 1978 they realized this belonged to the same monument and it contained the word 17th. And so a lot uh -huh. of times these monuments will say the year of the king's reign when he you know, did these things. Um, and it turns out from the other new inscriptions we've found that is confirmed that that is the year that Hezekiah did build this yeah, tunnel and the pool. 17th year of his reign. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So again, confirming the Bible's accuracy yeah. in this particular um, example. So um, people can read uh, more about that in uh, in scripture. So what about some of the other finds? Well, the next one is even more exciting. Um, it's my favorite of the three. This one is multiple inscriptions from the tunnel walls themselves. Um, so like a hundred years ago, they already were aware in, a, in an underground tunnel system, there were some older tunnels prior to Hezekiah's tunnel already there around the Gihon Spring, which is the one water source for Jerusalem on the east side of the city. And so Hezekiah just extended these. So in a doorway underground that leads to Hezekiah's tunnel proper, there was a little rectangular frame, like a foot and a half by foot and a half flattened area of the wall. And it looks like it was set up to have an inscription, but for a hundred years, nobody ever saw any writing there. <laughs> so they assumed this was intended to be like, just like the Siloam inscription was at the end of the tunnel. This was its counterpart at the beginning, but it was left unfinished or so they thought. So just um, in like last year, uh, some scholars that said, we think there might actually be a writing here after all, let's get some you know high-tech photography, look at this in more depth. And they were able to detect a very clear uh, inscription that again mentions Hezekiah and they call it a royal summary inscription. Um, just like these other monuments of ancient kings, it, it summarizes the major achievements of Hezekiah's reign. Yeah. So people also have to, they might be a bit skeptical. So, well, hang on, it's been there all this time. Yeah. You know, people walk through the tunnel. Well, it's a tunnel. <laughs> right. It's dark. <laughs> it, it, it's dark yeah. and there's water running through it all the time. So obviously there's going to be some erosion. There's there's water seeping down the walls, et cetera. Uh, and to be honest, um, it doesn't surprise me that they found this. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the future if they found a, even more now that they know that there's something yeah. there. You know, and they, they, have, they have actually found, um, it was, I think, five different inscriptions now throughout the tunnel. Some of them contain the same text, and not all the texts have been completely released. But we do have an, a, a translation, actually, of that one um, that's in a room called the, the Canaanite Pool Round yeah. Room. And it says this, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, made the pool and the conduit in the 17th year, as we mentioned mm -hmm. before. In the second day, it gives us the day and the month. In the fourth month of King Hezekiah, the king brought the water into the city by a tunnel. The king led the water into the pool. He smote the Philistines from Ekron to Gaza and placed there the Oreb unit of the army of Judah. He broke the images and break in pieces the Nehushtan. And we'll talk about what that is in a mm -hmm. moment. And he removed the high places and cut down the Asherah. And Hezekiah the king accumulated in all his treasure houses and in the house of Yahweh a lot of silver and gold, perfumes, and a good ointment. Yep. So the remarkable thing about this is there are 
biblical statements that parallel almost every single one of these sentences. Yeah. Uh, and I'd just like to put it into context here. Uh, you know, when, when I look at Egypt and some of the incredible things there, I think it's easy to look at them, but you've got to think about what it was like to build them. So here we've got this tunnel carved through solid rock using nothing more than hand tools. Um, so how do, you, how do you light it? Well, you're going, to, yeah. you're going to burn oil lamps. Oil lamps are smoky as you're going through. You're going to have to have people to bring stuff in and out, the mm -hmm. dust and whatever. Yeah. So, you know, you said at the beginning an incredible engineering achievement when you think about the conditions to work in to do this. Um, not, the, not the most pleasant. Uh, at the center now, before you go in through the tunnel, and I don't even think you've seen this, they actually have a little drama reenactment there that talks about it. And uh, it gives you a much greater perspective on uh, the engineering feat uh, that, that went on. So not surprising that the guys that dug it out probably wanted to uh, leave some some memories there and mementos and what better than doing it than in carving it in solid rock. Yeah. So, And Gary, let's hit one more thing before we move on. Uh, I mentioned the yeah. Nehushtan in that inscription. Uh, people who know their Bibles well might remember that... Um, and actually, if, if people want to get all the details about how these statements in the tunnel inscriptions are confirmed in the scriptural account, they can uh, get subscribed to Creation Magazine, where I've written all this up about the new discoveries mm -hmm. about Hezekiah. It'll be coming out in the next issue of Creation Magazine. Yeah. And while you mentioned that, just before you go on, what were the name of your original three articles on that? So just for people, um, can, and we'll pop them on the screen. I think it's When God Rescued Hezekiah, parts one, two, and three. Yeah. Okay. We'll have them linked in the, in the show notes sure. below. But this Nehushtan is mentioned in scripture. That was the name given to the bronze serpent that Moses mm. created when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years after the Exodus. And the snakes were poisonous. Snakes were biting people. And God instructed Moses to make this bronze serpent, set it on a pole. And when people looked on that, they'd be healed. Well, in Hezekiah's day, people began to worship this object. And so he destroyed it. Uh, and so that's what is being described here now, not just in the Bible, but outside of the Bible. Mm. So th on the one hand, this is fascinating evidence for King Hezekiah, but it also points sort of indirectly to the truth of the Exodus. Yes, Moses and the Exodus. That yeah. is incredible. Uh, in the previous podcast, we talked about some of the high places that Hezekiah struck down, yeah. some of the altars. So you might want to have a look at that as well. But that's obviously why he found favor in the eyes of the Lord, because all throughout Israel's history and Judah, they've mixed pagan ideas yeah you know with their uh, with their religion which is amazing it survived uh you know it, there was no country of israel for a long long yeah. time but the people have always persisted as a a group of jews and it's yeah. their religion that has kept them alive obviously and, and sometimes it's kind of comical gary that when you f read secular articles about new archaeological discoveries um, the commenters will often say things like, oh, look at how the Bible must be wrong because the Israelites didn't only worship one God. They they worshiped all these pagan deities. But yeah. that's exactly what the Bible says. That's, that, a, that's right. <laughs> that they were sinners all along, right? Yep, yep, exactly. All right, well, let's look at the third discovery then. That is, um, there was sort of a puzzle for many years about, yes, creating this tunnel would solve the problem of protecting the water, getting it deeper inside the city. And, and, and it had just a natural fall on it. Yeah. Yeah. But it also would create a problem in that the people would still want access to the water from the east side of the city. And so wouldn't all the water just run down to the Pool of Siloam? Well, not if 
someone constructed a sliding gate within the tunnel to help dam up the water. And that's exactly what Hezekiah did. Yeah. They've now found evidence of a sluice gate. That's right. Again, this is a new yeah. discovery yeah. in 2022. So it's chiseled higher towards the end so the gate could be raised yeah. and lowered. The ceiling is, which you'll notice as yeah. you walk through the tunnel, the ceiling's pretty low most of the way through and then it suddenly gets raised. So it just to me was the thought about actually getting the gates in there, chiseling away, turning them, putting them in there. Uh, they found four eight centimeter iron bolts still in the walls. They've now taken, I believe, those, yeah. those bolts out yeah. to, uh, to have a look at them to confirm that. Um, there and was they, wood remnants found yes. on the bolts, so there's absolutely no question what uh, what the purpose of these slots on the side were for, and uh, how to move it up and down. And I like this bit you've got in our notes here. There were wool fibers indicating in the in the ceiling that they had ropes with pulleys. That's right. So even that yeah. small amount of detail. Uh, is is left there, and we know where they had the ropes going up to the surface because there was even a channel ch chiseled, you know, a little ways yes. back from the gate, um, all the way up to the surface. Yeah, that's so they could lower them and uh, and yep. raise them uh, whenever they need to. And the other fascinating thing uh, is, and it's about one point five meters high. There's a waterline residue that can be seen that's obviously higher than the waterline today. So it indicates that when yep. the sluice gates were in operation. It raised the waterline, and you can see that waterline, which was much, much higher uh, than the existing That's one. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So, again, all of this, you know, now some of you are looking at this and, well, you know, so what big deal? But uh, Keaton certainly has mentioned there some of the very, very detailed descriptions. And you often wonder sometimes, why is all this detail in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a bit like when you look at the genealogies, you know, King guessed to such an age, I kind of called it that lovely bedtime reading, but it's yeah. there to show the Bible is real history. And just these little details here about this, are again, confirming what the Bible says. Yeah. It just makes you realize it's written by firsthand people who were there seeing these things that happen. And especially these monuments or the, the inscriptions in the tunnel walls, you know, they're, it's not quite an exact quotation from the Bible, but it's it's close enough that it seems like the Bible authors probably were pulling their information directly from Hezekiah's official records, you know, yeah. and others have pointed out these inscriptions are actually older than our oldest copies of the Hebrew Bible, like yeah. the Dead Sea Scrolls and the silver scroll amulets that are in the Israel Museum. And so it's almost like finding the Bible written on the walls yes. in Jerusalem, like of the oldest copies that we have. Yeah. And let's just recap something we mentioned in the last podcast, because this spring was very, very vital. Hezekiah was a good king. Um, you said Israel had been lost to the Assyrians. They'd conquered cities all over Judah and Israel. Yeah. And now to capture the country, you've got to capture the capital. And he laid siege, Sennacherib laid siege outside of Jerusalem. Hezekiah was visited by the prophet Isaiah, or yeah. Isaiah, again, depending where you're from. <laughs> uh, he prayed to the Lord. And he was told that the Lord would deliver him. And the people survived. They had water. And Sennacherib never took Jerusalem. But yeah. there's archaeological evidence all over the country of how his campaign to capture Judah and Israel was successful. Yeah. But Des not, destroyed many cities, but not the capital. But not Jerusalem. And, of course, the supernatural event where God delivered them is that he killed 180-odd thousand soldiers by sending one of his angels down. Yeah. So archaeological evidence suggests Jerusalem was never captured supporting the supernatural event we read in scripture uh it's incredible i absolutely love this stuff and i know you do when you yeah. can 
see firsthand. And that's, of course, what we're going to do in September uh, when we're doing our uh, Israel tour. We've got probably about half a dozen spaces left. So if you're interested in going, um, and the time you're watching this, if you go to creation.com, scroll down, you'll see our Tour Israel banner. If there's not a big red line across it saying Tour now full, it means there's probably still a handful of places left and uh, you can get on board. And you will come with us and actually go to Hezekiah's Tunnel. Yeah. You'll come see look for the sluice gate spot like we're all going to do now. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And it's great. Uh, we, we give you a flashlight. You walk through. Um, it's it's not very, very hard. I mean, the water wasn't freezing cold or anything yeah. like that. And uh, I just loved that. I just walked through and I just thought, I can't imagine guys just in here chiseling away yeah. and from either end. And then they like they meet in the middle mm-hmm. uh, as well. So anything else you yeah. want to say in closing? Just um, there's so much more archaeological evidence to support the Bible as well. We're going to cover that some while we're in Israel for the guests that come with us. But um, people can also just... Watch our other podcasts, um, check out the articles at mm-hmm. creation.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode, we just hope you will subscribe to our channel and make sure you click the like button, the thumbs up. Uh, if you want to find out about future videos, it'd be great to follow us. So yeah. thanks for, for watching. Yeah. And uh, Keaton mentioned Creation Magazine. So although this podcast is free, our magazine is an advert free publication that's been going out for 45 years, ladies and gentlemen with no advertising uh, that's quite an achievement and one of the reasons is we want to make the magazine as widely available to folks uh, as we can and if you subscribe to it keaton's articles future articles on what we've been talking about today will be there so once again thanks for joining us and uh, again click like share with your friends get the information out about the fact that the bible's history really is true we'll see you next time